Support for Petri Dish is made possible by UT Health San Antonio, committed to transforming the health of the community through the team that tackles problems from every angle, doing everything it takes to bring each patient the best possible outcomes. From teaching tomorrow's healthcare leaders to translating research into new treatments, UT Health San Antonio strives to make lives better. Learn more at groundbreakingresearch.org. My name is Virginia Hernandez. I'm from Dallas, Texas. I don't know how I got it. I just know I got sick with the COVID and um, I went to two different hospitals. I was throwing up blood. I would never stop coughing and stuff. And one, one hospital, like they thought I had something with my esophagus because I was bleeding so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I went to another hospital and they ran all kinds of tests and that's how they told me I had tuberculosis because my lungs were infected. Um, I was having a hard time breathing. I met Virginia in the spring. I honestly never thought I'd meet someone with tuberculosis. The consumption was a disease of the olden days, with beautiful women in black and white movies coughing tiny specks of blood delicately into embroidered handkerchiefs. You knew they'd be dead by the end of the film. Sure, TB was still around, but rare, right? But here was Virginia sitting right in front of me, with tuberculosis. I felt very weak, very, very weak. I couldn't even eat. Um, It was a little bit, well, a lot of pain in my back, my chest and stuff. She tried to fight it at home with access to treatments that people in old movies could only dream of. So um, they started me on medication, and I kept on still having a hard time breathing, and I couldn't breathe. They had to put me on oxygen, and <clears throat> I was just having a lot of complications. And the medicine that we, I would go to the, to the hospital or to the clinics in Dallas to get my medication. And um, I guess my body was resisting the medication, so they brought me over here so they could find the right medication for me. Over here is San Antonio to a hospital that treats almost exclusively tuberculosis patients. Where her doctor said she might have to stay for at least a month, Virginia wouldn't have agreed to this at all, to leave Dallas to spend who knows how long in a hospital in San Antonio far away from everything she knew and loved. But she was afraid she was going to die. Oh, I, I was thinking that a whole lot. When they kept on bringing me all these medicines, I was in and out of the hospital several times before I got here. Because I, I was at the point where I couldn't even walk anymore. I couldn't walk up the stairs, do anything. So, I, I mean, I was scared. I was scared. But it's, it turned out for the best. Did you know they still had TB hospitals in the United States? Me neither. But there is just one. The Texas Center for Infectious Disease is the only specialty TB hospital in the United States. And that's where I met Virginia and learned about TB in 2023. And now I'll share what I learned with you. From Texas Public Radio, this is Petri Dish. I'm Bonnie Petri.
In the early morning hours of February 17, 2020, 144 people who'd been quarantined on a cruise ship in Japan for two weeks while a novel coronavirus burned through the ship's passengers like wildfire, ultimately infecting more than 700 of them, landed in San Antonio. They were to spend more time in quarantine here at Lackland Air Force Base to see if they would develop symptoms of the disease that had only been known as COVID-19 for a week. And some of those who did test positive for COVID ended up at the Texas Center for Infectious Disease. The yeah. earliest COVID patients that came through, if you remember correctly, they, uh, they came through Lackland Air Force Base. And some of our most sick came to this facility because this facility is uh, an airborne precautions facility. I mean, that's John Lopez, the hospital administrator and superintendent of TCID. The hospital's will have, you know, a few rooms that are set up like this. Nowhere do you see a facility that has 75 beds that are dedicated. That could be turned on to, to, to accommodate that. So an airborne precautions facility is not only one where the staff is trained to deal with patients infected with contagious airborne pathogens, but as Lopez mentioned, all of the patient rooms at TCID can be switched to negative pressure whenever a patient is contagious. So up here, you'll know when we turn on the system. Mm -hmm. So this will be, uh, you'll have a negative pressure system to where it'll keep um, the, the filtration on. It sucks and cleans the air um, a, a few times, uh, you know, every few minutes, uh, which if folks are in a contagious state and they're under airborne precautions, then we turn on the system, we have them here. We've talked about negative pressure rooms a few times on Petri Dish, but they're basically rooms where the pressure inside the room is lower than the pressure outside, so pathogens can't escape. They stay in the room where the pressure is lower. Dirty air doesn't get out unless it's sucked up through the specialized HVAC system. So why does San Antonio have a whole hospital full of negative pressure rooms? This is the last freestanding tuberculosis hospital in the country. Yeah. Um, so we exist out of Texas statute, um, but we are it. You won't see any facility like this um, anywhere in the country. But that wasn't always true. At the turn of the last century, you know, into the 1900s, one in seven of the people who had ever lived had died of tuberculosis. I picked up that fun little stat from the American Experience on PBS. Evidence of TB has been found in mummies in ancient Egypt and in the bones of ancient Greeks. And it's possible the bacterium that causes TB has been hanging out with humans for tens of thousands of years. And that one of its ancestors was traveling with our ancestors 150 million years ago. But it wasn't until the late 1800s that anyone had evidence that the disease might be contagious, that it was caused by a bacterium. And that's when facilities at which people with TB could stay and be treated started to open across the country. TCID opened in 1953 as the state tuberculosis hospital to care for TB patients in Central and South Texas. <laughs> By 1959, it had nearly 1,000 beds and was one of the largest TB sanatoria in the United States. 
And you can see a lot of the, the age in the facility. It's been around for, what, about 70 years now. Um, so some of the historical perspectives, but the, the actual hospital itself is, is fairly new. It's about 11 years old now. The campus does feel old, which I love, but the actual hospital is clearly pretty new. There are nowhere near a thousand beds in this hospital, of course, but TB, thank goodness, isn't the killer it once was. Make no mistake, it can still kill you. Worldwide, it still kills about a million people a year. But we understand the enemy now. We know how to treat it. Unfortunately, the treatment can take months or even years, and it's not easy. It requires serious antibiotics that can make you feel sicker than TB, Lopez says. Absolutely, because you're taking multiple medications over a long period of time. And, you know, how, how would you like it if you're taking like 15 pills a day for, you know, an extended period of time? Some patients, like Virginia, who are not getting better at home, come here to the hospital. Virginia was voluntary, but some are court-ordered. Why might the courts get involved? There's no cookie-cutter answer. Some of our folks are, some of folks here are, have experienced homelessness. Some of them have not. Some of them are assured. Some of them are not. So it, it's really no, there is no cookie-cutter. This is our typical patient. It's, it, you know, these are those complex patients that we see. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, you know, they weren't able to get or finish their care in their communities and they come to us. Because TB, like COVID, spreads from person to person, though it's far less contagious. A person can catch COVID from a short interaction with an infected person. That's not true of tuberculosis. You know, you do have to um, have that, that close contact for quite some time. Um, so usually you find folks in, in communal settings, so folks that maybe it might be in a homeless shelter um, or families affected because they're in close quarters. Sure. And TB can just sit there latent in your body for years, not emerging until there's some kind of chink in your armor, a weakness in your immune system. Virginia's doctors think her COVID infection made her vulnerable, activating a possibly decades-old latent TB infection. And once activated, tuberculosis can infect the lungs, which is what it's famous for, but also the brain, muscles, skin, liver, lymph nodes, and reproductive organs. And if you don't comply with or don't respond to treatment, you could end up here at TCID. Wait, don't respond to treatment? What does that mean? It's called MDR-TB or multidrug-resistant TB, and sometimes you can have XDR-TB, which is extremely drug-resistant TB. We'll dive into that when Petri Dish continues. Support for Petri Dish is made possible by UT Health San Antonio, committed to transforming the health of the community through the team that tackles problems from every angle doing everything it takes to bring each patient the best possible outcomes. From teaching tomorrow's healthcare leaders to translating research into new treatments, UT Health San Antonio strives to make lives better. Learn more at groundbreakingresearch.org. Welcome back to Petri Dish. I'm Bonnie Petrie. 
Virginia Hernandez has tuberculosis, and when I met her, she had been living at the Texas Center for Infectious Disease for six months. But yeah, I have pictures, the drawings. I have my little pictures hanging on in my, uh, I have like a drawer where the clothes goes in right there. And you're allowed to have stuff in there, you know, just like having your own room, your own little bedroom. You make it as comfortable as you want it. Her family lives in Dallas. They're allowed to visit, and they do, but she's mostly alone down here in San Antonio and has been counting down her time till she can go home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Count weeks. Count weeks. And when it comes down to the month, I'm counting day by day. <laughs> right, sure, sure. When she agreed to come here, her doc told her to expect to be here a month until they got her medication sorted. When she arrived, it quickly became clear that she'd be here for closer to nine months. Yeah, nine months. She makes the best of it. The beginning of the day, I get up, go get breakfast, I go to work, um, I go to lunch. If I have, I have doctor's appointments, I work around, they work around the doctor's appointments, I work around them and I go and make up my time because I'm allowed 20 hours a week of work. Virginia works right here at the hospital. It's called the patient's closet, so where they donate clothes for the patients or for us. <laughs> um, I, I separate it by size, uh, gender, shoes, you know, jackets, pants, you know, separated and stuff. And if the patients go in there, I know where everything's at, so I tell them this is your size right here. Or ask them what, what they need, and I, I, I let them know more or less where the stuff that they need is at. At TCID, they try to offer programs and services, so it's not, you know, a a month or nine months or a year or two years of lost time in a patient's life. Volunteers run all kinds of programs, from art and music to English as a second language to GED and college classes. And the doctors treat TB. We brought visitors. Hi, doctor. Hi, good. How are you? Hi, good. Nice to meet you. I'm Annie Kizzelbosch. Nice to meet you. Doctors like Annie Kizzelbosch. Um, So I'm an infectious diseases physician, and um, I'm primarily a clinician, and we take care of uh, patients who have complicated uh, tuberculosis uh, for a variety of different reasons who need to be um, admitted to the um, hospital. We start our conversation by talking about how surprising it is to some that people still get sick with and die of tuberculosis in 2023. So um, I think uh, it comes to a surprise to to many people that, you know, these diseases still exist. Um, They are extremely common in other countries, right, and prevalent in many other countries. But in the U.S., in certain states and regions, we see more cases of TB than than in others. And Texas is one of those states where we see it makes up a larger proportion of, of TB patients. Why is that? Part of the reason is we're close to the border, right? We're um, at the border. Um, and so um, a lot of the cases of TB we see, some of, you know, some of them come from all over. We have people, patients who come from all over the world, uh, but some of them come from, from Mexico as well. Um, we have 
relatively speaking, like more of a population, like more diabetes, more of the risk factors that result in TB occurring as well. Um, we have more um, patients who are homeless as well, uh, as well as incarcerated population. And those are risk factors for uh, TB. So TB today is often a disease of poverty. It's a disease of close quarters and congregate living situations. But unlike for the rest of human history, it's also now a disease with treatments. Uh, so these diseases can be treated with antibiotics. And, uh, you know, how long you treat the patient depends on what type of tuberculosis they have. If they have drug-resistant disease, the treatment may be longer. Um, if they have other, uh, if they have spread of the tuberculosis to other parts of the body, like to the brain or to the bones, the treatment is longer. Um, and then the medications we use depends on a lot of different factors. Like, um, it depends on what other diseases they have in their body, like do they have liver disease or do they have anemia, is their blood count low? Um, so it depends on many other things. Um, but typically the treatment goes from four months even up to two years in some cases. One of the reasons TB patients might be treated at the hospital, besides the fact that TB is contagious, is that antibiotics, especially these powerful antibiotics, can be really hard on people. For some patients, there are serious side effects, and doctors have to watch them closely and adjust their medications like they're conductors of a symphony. So, like, if they have liver disease, you know, we have to adjust their regimen so that their liver tests don't go sky high, right? So they're able to tolerate it. Sometimes they might have a rash, and you have to adjust their medications. Sometimes... You know, they might develop anemia or their blood count drops, they need a transfusion, and you have to adjust their medications, like in terms of the drugs or the doses that we use. Um, so those are just some of the, you know, few of the examples. And sometimes people have TB that doesn't respond to the standard antibiotics used to treat it. They just don't work. It's called MDR-TB or multi-drug-resistant TB, and sometimes you can have XDR-TB, which is extremely drug-resistant TB. And so um, we do have uh, medications which can help to uh, treat that, and um, the treatment is actually a lot better. The drugs are more powerful than what we had before, and so um, we are now able to, in some cases, uh, finish their treatment in six months, whereas previously, if you had drug-resistant TB, the treatment was anywhere from 18 to 24 months. But at the risk of anthropomorphizing them, these microbes are wily. They are not interested in dying, so they'll keep trying to find a way to resist treatment. Definitely. That, that's something to, that we do worry about as infectious diseases physicians. So inappropriate use of antibiotics in terms of like treating patients for too long or with the wrong antibiotics um, does eventually result in more resistance developing. And then a point will come where you're not able to treat the patients with anything. So this seems like a pretty big problem in the short term and the long term. And I think it would take a whole nother episode to dive into possible solutions. So we're going to do just that. On the next Petri Dish, I'll share my conversation with Texas Biomedical Research Institute's president, CEO, and principal investigator, Dr. Larry Schlesinger, 
Texas Biomed has been designated a premier National Institutes of Health training center for TB researchers. They are training the researchers of the future. We talk about it all in our next episode. Oh, and before we leave this one, I want to update you on Virginia Hernandez. Her nine months of TB therapy are up. They were successful, and she's gone home to Dallas to be with her family. TCID Superintendent John Lopez says she is greatly missed by the volunteer coordinators and the other patients. I'm so glad she's better, and I wish her well. This episode of Petri Dish was produced by TPR News Director Dan Katz, Jacob Rosati, and me. Jacob Rosati also composed all the music and created the sound design on this show. Petri Dish is a production of Texas Public Radio. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Talk to you soon.